Hello and welcome to Wi-Fi Optional, the weekly tech show where we talk tech so you don't have to. This is episode 22, recorded uh, Monday, April 18th, 2016. Yeah, my name is Rukshan Wijaratna and with me, as always, is Mr. Uh, Jason Watercock over the interwebs. Hi, yes, Jason. how are you? Do- Hello, sir. How are you? I am well. Um, I, apparently, you're not that well. I see. A, a, a still fighting cough. the good fight. Yeah, still <laughs> fighting the good fight. It's it's been a uh, been about a week and a half long battle, but uh, apparently, uh, what I've heard, it's a it's a two week long affliction. So we should uh, be nearing the end soon, hopefully. Yeah. Well. Well, I'm I'm going through a uh, uh, the annual. Uh, Allergy extravaganza. Pollen season. So, yes. Yeah, it is pollen season. So that's what happens when it gets warm. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. It's like you know, it's it's either cold or or warm, and, and allergies. And you got you got to pick your battles, I guess. Exactly. Uh, more great stories today. Um, Apple's back in the news. Uh, FBI encryption. Apple again. And all right, let's get rolling. So as you alluded to, our uh, our first article is a hopefully a uh, coup de gras to the uh, Apple versus the FBI incident we've been talking about for ever. It seems like um, reports uh, have said that the federal uh, government uh, used Israeli firm Celebrate to unlock the phone, but post uh, but the post uh, which this came from uh, PC Meg uh, dismissed those claims. According to the Washington Post, officials used a previously unknown security flaw to unlock the handset without erasing any data. Uh, the Bureau's mysterious collaborators are, as the Post suggested, for, uh, from sometimes shadowy world of hackers and security researchers who profit from finding flaws in the company's software systems. Uh, dubbed gray hat hackers, these programmers won't alert manufacturers of exploits, instead of hoping the exploit vulnerability will increase in value as time grows on. Uh, details have not yet been shared with Apple, according to Comey. Uh, discussions are ongoing, but the agency is uh, concerned that the tech titan will patch the hole like it has with others, and we're back to where we started from. Uh, some U.S. senators have been uh, briefed on the issue, according uh, a few. Uh, uh, Diane Feinstein, who is a Democratic uh Senator from California and Richard Burr, who is a Republican uh, candidate from, or excuse me, candidate, Republican representative senator from North Carolina. Um, but they are both, uh, interestingly enough, working on a bill uh, to uh, basically limit encryption and consumer technology that would stop this. So go figure that they would want to be briefed on uh, how things like this uh, uh, would be uh, hacked into and things. Um, but the, the, on, a, on a side note, side note, the Washington Post um, also had a different article. Uh, where they actually talked about um, that the government paid a hefty fee uh, to these individuals to uh, get this uh, zero-day flaw. So interesting that it went from being a, a good, you know, company out of Israel to being a bunch of, uh, bunch of, uh, I guess you want to say malicious, but uh, mediocrely malicious uh, hackers that uh, were the ones that figured out how to hack this. So. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to what we talked about last week. You know, everything's got a price, and if you put enough dollar bills in front of these guys, because if, if these guys are actual gray hat hackers, like we talked about before the article, uh, before the show, uh, it, it, they operate on on one thing, and that's you know how much money can we get off of an exploit? And you, you put enough dollar bills in front of these guys, you know, these well, somebody's gonna talk, and then this is gonna come out, and you know now you got a vulnerability out out in the open. 
that's unpatched. And, you know, when you were talking about it, I was, I was, you know, raising my hand up saying, yes, yes. It's interesting enough that these exact two, uh, the the Diane Feinstein and Rich Burr are the ones that are sponsoring this bill that would essentially destroy uh, encryption as we know it, and it's it, we'll we'll get to that that in detail because the article is is uh, you know we're going to talk about that article, but it, it's just amazing how the people that make some of these laws um, have limited knowledge on on what's actually going on, but yet you know they pass all these they have you know, the power to pass these laws. It's just, to me, that's just, just mind boggling. I mean, why, why would you go to a doctor to get advice on how to build your house? You know, it's, it, it doesn't make sense to me. No. And, and that's, you know, this is just one example, not to get on a government rant, but this is just one example of a situation where they, they kind of, you know, they get a committee together, they do all this kind of stuff, but they have really no idea what they're really you know talking about or what they're doing. It's just a, a topic that people are lobbying against or a topic that, you know, is in the media or something like that. And they, they feel like they have to make some law to, you know, champion these people's rights and, 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 you know, make things safe and all this. And they really have no idea what they're, what they're getting into. And um, like you said, it's just, it's, it's funny. Oh, you know, they've been briefed a few people. Oh, here it's the people that are trying to, you know, ban encryption and things. So it's just, it's, it's always a, uh, an interesting thing when you get the, they get the government involved, but the, um, the real interesting thing to me is, is, you know, uh, looking deeper into this, how many other flaws or you know zero day attacks are there sitting out for you know iphones or, or some random version of an android phone out there that no one knows about and someone's just waiting for somebody to need to use it and be like hey you know hey, basically I, a picture, I a picture a guy with a black, black trench coat be like hey what do you need i got it right here you want to hack this phone you want to unlock this phone and and uh and uh, you know that's basically what i picture when i think of these uh these guys trying to sell their wares so to speak yeah, it's it, it's it's all about who wants to pay me the most to find the next vulnerability, and it's well, like you said, it, I, what else is out there? I guess you go by you know you don't know what you don't know, but at the same time, you know how how scary is it? And knowing that if there is some kind of vulnerability out there and somebody knows about it, um, you know who knows if they are taking advantage of that vulnerability? We don't know. So it's a scary world that we live in. Uh, next article, USB-C authentication spec protects against malware and shoddy charges. This is an article from PC World. The USB 3.0 Promoters Group, uh, its coalition made up of tech company heavyweights, including HP, Intel, Microsoft, announced the USB Type-C authentication spec on Tuesday. The new spec will allow devices to confirm in the integrity of a USB-C charger, cable, or device before allowing data or significant power to run through it. New capability lets a device check a variety of items about a charger or cable's credentials, including its descriptor, capabilities, and certification status. The process will use 128-bit a 128-bit cryptographic signature for authentication. Protecting against inappropriately designed USB chargers is only one focus of the new specification. It's also meant to protect against malicious hardware or software attempting to deliver an exploit via USB. This is actually pretty cool. We talked about this. Uh, before the the show too, uh, there's been numerous accounts of devices just spontaneously catching fire or, or exploding or just getting destroyed because of cheap knockoff uh, USB C cables. And um, the other thing is the the newer devices tend to be going to the new USB C 
uh, spec where it's going it, to essentially you can deliver just about anything off of this USB-C uh, port, you know, audio, video, uh, power, everything. Uh, so it's something that's kind of a kind of a universal port. You also want want to be careful. I personally wasn't a wasn't a huge fan when Apple came out with you know some of the chargers. I have an iPhone five that um, you plug in plug in a charger a certain cable and it says, well, this is not an authorized cable. But the the phone still works, but it gives you that annoying um, alert. I wasn't a fan of it then, but now since everything is going to USB C, you have no other choice. Um, this certainly does make some sense to to have a certain bit of uh, security built into it. And we know, you know, recent stories in the past, in the last six months, there's been hacks with uh, with actually going in and and you know on the computer side and and uh, um, hacking devices via via the USB, you know, right down to the drivers and things like that. So I think thinking ahead and and having something that protects, like you said, where you can pass basically any. You know, bits to this thing, and it can be processed as a, as audio or as whatever. Um, it's really important um, so that you know you don't have you know like we just talked about the previous article. Somebody figure out a zero day flaw or some kind of thing where they um, they can just sit back and and gather data or inject code into your into your phone or your device. And and like you said, from the stories we've heard, um, all of these uh, uh, devices that have been either bricked or, or start on fire or something like that just isn't a good way to, to kick off a, a brand new, um, uh, completely lost your train of thought. I was trying to say a brand new uh, certification uh, when it comes to USB uh, C and, and it, it's a great thing. I, I think, you know, as much as, like you said, lightning, as much as Thunderbolt as you know, all these things have, there's usually a reason behind them and, and C is great where it can be that, that one platform um, that things can pass data over. So I think really getting it nailed down and, and having a solid uh, framework or, um, you know, it's going to be safe and, and um, secure is, is really, really important. So And, yeah, be. like you said, not, not only even from the hardware perspective, even from the software side, you know, if you're like an IT department or you're, you're an administrator that you're managing a, a series of computers in a work environment, you can actually approve what which devices connect to what devices. So you can bring your your own phone, plug it into your your work computer, and you might not be doing anything but just charging the, the phone, but you could have some malware in it that, just sits there and captures keystrokes or you don't know what, what it's actually doing. So this way it puts a certain layer of a uh, layer of uh, protection over it. So this, this actually might be something pretty, pretty cool. Hopefully um, staying on our, our topic of uh, PC world articles on our third topic here. Um, uh, Apple's back in it again um, with a uh, uh, trend micro actually this time saying, uh, partnership with the U.S. Department of Homeland Security that is advising all Windows users to abruptly uninstall Windows QuickTime as soon as possible. Um, this does not affect Mac users, Windows users only. Uh, the reason for getting rid of old QuickTime for Windows is twofold. First, Apple told Chen Micro, Chen Micro is uh, depreciating the software will no longer deliver security updates for it. Secondly, there are two known critical vulnerabilities that could allow an attacker to take control of a system running, when, uh, running Apple QuickTime. Uh, Apple was unavailable to comment at the point of the article, but uh, a quick look at QuickTime's download page shows the software is still publicly available. It hasn't been updated since at least January, however. Um, really interesting. Um, we we kind of touched on it for the show, but uh, this is kind of going the way of, of Adobe Flash. Um, 
but the the downside to this is I know coming from a uh, graphics and a marketing kind of background that there's a lot of software out there that uses QuickTime for uh, encoding video and encoding things like that, where it's built into the the raw framework of uh, of the software itself. So you know, not being able to use this isn't just as simple as oh, you know, you know, you know, flash ads and videos will disable the websites. No, this is you know, some software if you don't have this installed just will not work. Um, and I think that's that's the bigger difference here. And and oddly enough, of it being on Windows and not on Apple. Um, kind of an interesting fact as well but uh it would make sense that you know they would probably have a better grasp over the the uh um, security and the actual code in the in the mac version over the windows but um still interesting to say the least i wonder what uh apple's response is going to be because they've been they've been curiously quiet on it so uh normally normally if a company like this of, of of Apple's magnitude usually stays quiet. There's usually something brewing in the background. They're either going, oh, okay, there's something going on. We need to fix it. Or are they just going to yank it? The other thing is a lot of other software, uh, they automatically load QuickTime with it. iTunes is one of them that tries to load QuickTime unless you go to the custom installer and say, don't install blah, 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 blah. I just want iTunes. So just iTunes is, is, is one example. There's, there's other software that, that will automatically, even without you knowing, install QuickTime. So that, this is another blow. So in wherever getting there, wherever that software is getting their, their version of QuickTime that, could very well be a a, a malicious uh, install file too. So uh, definitely got to be careful with that one. But uh, I know I don't I don't use Flash. I don't use, uh, a, but I do use QuickTime not on on a daily basis. But like you said, to encode videos or, or something along those lines, you do need that that MOV plugin. So and and uh, the the one last note I think of it too is is you know. I, it, it kind of goes back to, I wonder if Apple's kind of taking the attitude, you know, when, when Apple started releasing Mac or Windows software back when they came with iTunes for Windows and everybody was kind of like, whoa, what are they doing here? You know, they're actually, you know, making something for the dark side. I just wonder if that's kind of how the stance are taken on this one is, you know, well, we made it work for this long. If something's wrong with it, you know, too bad, too sad. Too bad. Come, come, come to a Mac if you want to use that stuff. So maybe that's the way they're thinking about it. Yeah, that could be. Well, uh, first game, the breathalyzer. Now meet the roadside police textalizer. Um, Ars Technica says, uh, we're familiar with the breathalyzer, the brand name for a roadside device that measures a suspected drunken driver's blood alcohol level. It has been used for decades. Now there's a so-called textalizer device to help authorities determine whether someone involved in a motor vehicle accident was unlawfully driving while distracted. The roadside technology has been developed by... Uh, Celebrate, the Israeli firm that uh, many thought to have assisted the Federal Bureau of Investigation in cracking the iPhone. Uh, under the first of its kind legislation proposed in New York, drivers involved in accidents would have to submit their phone to roadside testing a, from a textilizer to, de- to determine whether the driver was using a mobile phone ahead of a crash. In a bit to get around the Fourth Amendment right to privacy, the textilizer allegedly would keep conversations, contacts, numbers, photos and application data private. It will solely say whether the phone was in use prior to a motor vehicle mishap. Further analysis, which might require a warrant, could be necessary to determine whether such usage uh, was via a hands-free dashboard technology and to confirm the original finding. 
Uh, Cellbrite already has uh, roadside devices to scrape the contents of a phone, so this technology would just dial it back a bit. If the legislation passes, Cellbrite would have to bid on the project, and uh, so would other tech firms. Um, Interesting piece of software, but uh, I I don't know if it – so what's going to happen? I get into an accident, absolutely nothing to do with texting, but coincidentally, I happen to receive a message, and it could be a, a, an email or something. So how are they going to put two and two together? I don't know. Well, I, I think I think they're actually going off of, like, actual usage on the phone. And, and from what I remember back from, from rooting Android phones and jailbreaking iPhones is, is you can kind of not log keystrokes, but log screen touches in some sense. But I thought that that was something that maybe was hidden um, unless you were rooted or jailbroken. So, and, but you know, if Celebrate was in the talks for, for unlocking the iPhone, maybe they have methods to do this, but I, I believe that's how they want to do it because it's not so much textilizing. I think they're worried about, you know, if you're using GPS or using, uh, you know, GPS on your phone, um, in act, you know, not just listening to it, if you're right. actually touching. So I think it's actually interacting with the phone is not so much the, the actual receiving and sending of text. I think it's the actual interaction because, um, I, in the same sense, if you had a dash system, well, they said they'd eliminate that, but this, they say you did have a dash system and your phone was reading you out text messages. You know, they, there's a certain car apps and, you know, Android has it built right into them where it can read your text messages out to you and things. Um, I don't think that would cause it. So I believe this has to be based on some sort of, some sort of touch activity. So I, I, I don't know for sure, but that's, that's from what I've gathered from everything I've looked into it. It almost has to. It, it, there has to be some way for it to figure out, yes, this user did interact with this phone, either unlock it or, or touch the screen or something along those lines. But you bring up a good point where you know, ordinarily you can't access that kind of information unless you're jailbroken or, or rooted on an Android side. But uh, you know, who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe Celebrate does have something. Um, but... Uh, I know they've been cracking. They've been trying to crack down on you. Know, you can't use your phone. Like in California, you have to, you know, have earbuds. You can't hold your phone. And if you're, uh, if you have a commercial driver's license and you're driving a a, a, a truck or a semi or a bus, you can't reach for anything. Yeah. So there, yeah, there are some headsets. Laws. Right, the last couple of years. Right. Right. So, so maybe this. Uh, but then again, this is, you know, it still has to go through the 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 chain of command to get passed as a law. But certainly something very interesting to to look out for so next time you get into an accident if this passes the you know what were you doing or were you not paying attention well let's let me let's see let me plug this in and and take a look yeah it's uh it'll be interesting to see you know when we get details of how it works i guess if it's going to be a bill or some kind of they're going to have to you know tell you how it works of some sort you know you have to get in the details but just what it's actually reading you know it's it's like taking a if you're going to this booth if you get pulled over and just does random tests on you doesn't tell you what you're doing i don't think that's you know up to up to your uh, amendment rights at all so we'll find out some information once it finally comes right. out um, the last article we have is a, an interesting one. Um, it, it goes back um, similar to what we were talking about. You alluded to with uh, with the encryption um, back to uh, talking about how brain dead uh, outlying encryption is uh, when it comes to uh, law, uh, our uh, lovely representatives and senators um, back to uh, Mr. Burr and uh, Ms. Feinstein. Uh, they are proposing a bill uh, to force U.S. companies to build backdoors and encryption systems uh, 
and it has quickly run into trouble. Less than 24 hours after the draft compliance uh, with Court Order Act of 2016 was released, more than 43,000 signatures have been added to a petition calling for the bill to be withdrawn. The petition, organized by Credo Actions, calls for Congress to block the proposed law as a matter of urgency. Uh, Bruce Schneider, uh, the guy who literally wrote the book on modern cryptography, pointed out that it isn't just cryptographic code that would be affected, but uh, with this poorly written legislation, uh, it's pretty much everything that uses uh, any kind of compression algorithm to reduce size of images, uh, MP3s, anything like that would be affected um, by this as well. Uh, Files that can't be decrypted on demand to the original state that they were made in, and files that can't be decompressed back to the exact originals all look the same in this draft of the law. So um, we both said how absolutely dumb this is and, and how dumb uh, uh, sometimes legislation can be in, in just thinking of an idea and not really knowing how it works. And this is a prime example of it. Um, it, it, it writing it, writing it in such a vague word wordage where anything that, you know, affects how the file, you know, if you can't revert it back exactly the way it was, or you can't, um, decrypt it um, or decompress it, as I say, back to its original state um, is absolutely ludicrous. <laughs> so no more zip files, uh, no more JPEGs, MP3s. Uh, no more MP3s, um, uh, PDFs to a certain degree because it does do a little bit of compression. Uh, so essentially you can't, uh, unless you're going to shoot your photos in RAW, and then save them as raw files. You just you're you're basically your hands are tied. You can't do anything. Maybe, maybe their maybe their pockets are lined by the uh, by the um, you know uh, non unlimited planned uh, internet companies out there because I'm sure this is going to increase bandwidth by an oh, extreme right. form. So uh, maybe that's you know part of a, a kickback they're getting. I don't know, but uh, in in the end, it's just absolutely like I said, ludicrous and 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 uh, silly that again they don't really know what they're what they're making. Yeah, and I think about. that's that's the the bottom line. They just don't understand what goes on. Oh, wait a second, you this cartoon is is offensive, and the cartoon you drew it with a sharpie, a black sharpie. We're gonna ban all black sharpies. Problem solved. You know that doesn't. No, you're not really solving the problem problem at hand. I think the whole uh, in encryption topic is is you're basically going down a rabbit hole trying to find out and there's there's so many things you gotta you have to consider and it's it's frustrating when the people that are knowledgeable that 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 know these things the people that came up with encryption that the architects the the subject matter experts are are possibly not even being being you know utilized they're not they're not dipping into their uh, data to see what's going on. They're not talking to them. Um, and they're all of a sudden going, Oh, well, we understand this. This is how it should be done. And it's now it's hopefully this doesn't pass, you know, and they've, they've tried passing all kinds of other, uh, you know, things like, uh, SOPA and PIPA and, you know, all these other, uh, things that would, really be detrimental to technology as a whole. And, and again, here's, here's another one. Yeah, just, they always just try to pass their agenda. Uh, it seems like sometimes, and they really don't, you know, they, they use a hot button thing. This is it's very parallel to, to the, uh, 
iPhone unlocking with uh, the FBI and San Bernardino case. It's, you know, it's, it's pile on um, emotional responses from people and, you know, oh, encryption's bad and look at, you know, these bad guys can do this and stuff, but they're really, you know, what they're really going for is something completely different. And, and sometimes they don't even know what they're going for. And that's, that's where the problem comes in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Um, why Apple should be worried about Facebook's new bot store. So this seems to be uh, on, our, on our deep dive article. This is actually really, uh, I don't know if I'm, um, I, I don't know how I feel about this, especially after Microsoft's uh, debacle with uh, their artificial intelligence engine, the, the bot that came out on, on, on Twitter. Uh, what was the name? Tay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so essentially, um, on Tuesday at its annual developer conference in San Francisco, face, uh, Facebook announced it would enable third parties to build chat bots into its highly popular messenger service. Uh, Chief Executive Mark Zuckerberg demonstrated uh, a CNN bot that could send personalized news stories as well as another one from 1-800-Flowers that could carry on a conversation with a customer who wanted to order flowers. It's actually kind of uh, kind of from a from a marketing and PR perspective, I think it's kind of cool because now you can you can deploy the whole we're present 24 hours a day attitude. So you want to talk to, you want to chat with the, with the representative at three o'clock in the morning about, you know, ordering flowers or, or, you know, not wanting to order a pizza. You can certainly do that, but on the back end, it's not actually a, a real person. It's just looking for certain keywords, but the AI will actually respond with you. Um, but the other interesting part is that Facebook thinks that this is going to be the uh, the next hot button item. Yeah, and we 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 talked earlier, and and the it, it's very similar. We haven't talked about it ever on the show. I don't believe this this aspect. I think we might have talked about it with WhatsApp or or one of the other services that tried bots along with the, the Microsoft or the uh, yeah Tay when she she went rogue on them after fourteen hours or whatever it was, but. Um, this is kind of an upcoming topic, and and I article they they talked about um, this explosion kind of bearing a resemblance to how apps were in 2009 when the iPhone came out, and and back then you know even Apple and were were web based and and poorly written, and, and the idea behind it was there, but the execution wasn't. And I think that's kind of where we're at with these bots, where you know I think the idea behind it is great in that you're having these apps, um, these functions built into this, but yet it's a personal um, feedback. Instead of just having a button you click and you want to buy this and that, you can get feedback or you can ask questions and you can do things. It's more interactive. And on top of that, you know, uh, the one thing I've always had is is calling like 1-800-Flowers is a great example. I, I hate talking to floral people sometimes because, they, A, they make, you, they make you feel like you're an idiot for not knowing, you know, the difference between an azalea and a, a whatever other plant. Um, and two is, two is you know, everybody everybody just has a, you know, as much as people don't want to say, everybody has, like, anxiety with, with calling in and doing that kind of stuff. So if you have I this, personally like it because I'll, I can be doing two things at once. I could exactly. be on one screen, and if I wanted to check on something, I can quick chat. It, I, I, I like it. But but, uh, it, but it provides that layer of of you know as bad as it sounds non human interaction and and I think that's what 
is kind of a big thing nowadays as much as we're getting more and more um you know removed from the real world that kind of have these these uh, digital versions of ourselves this is kind of a, a way to interact with that without you know that human interaction and um the interesting thing in the article is they're saying is this stuff is very very new um it, the the spoken word and the written word language comprehension of these things is probably the hardest part of it they can write you know easy code to say when you do this do that but how do you know what somebody's trying to say like the example in the article was somebody says let's set an appointment from wed wed through fri meaning wednesday through friday well you know how does the bot know that that actually means you know the date wednesday through friday the in and a lot of the stuff it has to be hard coded right now and that's the biggest hurdle is is you have giant teams coding these bots and and not just writing you know dynamic code it's very static right now and that's that's kind of what they have to get by and i think that's where that tay and everything was kind of coming in where it's gonna eventually learn i think which and, you know drastically went south you know, sharp left yeah <laughs> but you know to me the I, I i absolutely like i said i i love being able to chat with somebody but it's it, it, to me it's a two-pronged approach i i get the fact that i'm not physically talking to somebody but i do understand that the the person responding to me is actually a live person or at least i hope so um it, to me it's it's at least the fact knowing that the person responding to me has a certain amount of power to do what i need to do whereas if you're responding to a a, a bot you're limited by what you can do. Most likely what the bot's going to do is capture the information, turn it around, spit it out into a form or an email or, or some kind of process and send it to a person to, to do, um, you know, unless you're, you're talking about say like you wanted to, uh, uh, you know, change your voicemail password on your phone or something like that. You can always script. So it would automatically log in, change the parameters and then log out. But then, getting something done like for example 1-800 flowers so okay so you order the flowers that's great but then that order still has to go to a person and then you know knowing that when i'm talking to somebody if i have a special request hey you know what i know this thing is is going to take three days is there anything that you can do to to expedite it or i have a special circumstance i ordered this you sent me the wrong whatever it is um, knowing that there's a live person behind the scenes that actually can do something that understands what you're saying, that empathizes with you, uh, more or less, is is I, I think it's a big thing. But like you said, again, this is very new. Uh, we all know how Tay went, and uh, you know that could be phase, you know, a pre-alpha release. And uh, you know, by the time they have this this ready to go, maybe maybe they'll have it perfected and, and polished and. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe this is going to be the next best thing to, or no, I shouldn't say next best thing. This is going to be the next thing, like the, like the app store, like they're talking about, you know, everybody's got apps. Now it's bots. Well, no, the flip your point on you, and I, and I really want to stick on this point of, of the human, you know, the empathy and the, the human side of things. Maybe that's a positive in the sense too. You're not going to run into somebody that has a bad day and, you know, oh, and treats right. you like crap. And, and, you know, the thing with bots is they're very, very, well, you can probably to be whatever you want to be, but they're, they're usually very methodical and very, very, you know, factual based where, you know, you talk to somebody online, like, what should I get? And, and she likes, like, go back to the flower, her flowers again. She likes roses, but your wife doesn't like roses, but she keeps suggesting roses. Well, you know, that's not helping you because that's her opinion. Where a bot's not going to be opinionated, it's going to tell you what, you know, yes, what's the best deal or, you know, well, somebody's going to tell you. Tell you your roses like got sold 82% of, you exactly. know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, 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 you know, that, that, the empathy and that, and that, you know, that caring, that human side might also not be a bad thing to get rid of when you talk to these bots. But as you said, though, you know, this being the next big app thing, you know, 
back, you know, five, six years ago, we, nobody saw this as being a big thing. And now we're looking at a, a $50 billion industry when it comes to apps. So maybe bots could even be bigger than that. And, and, uh, you know, I think Facebook's kind of trying to get on the ground floor of that and be the, be the Apple when it comes to the, the bots instead of apps. And I think Facebook is also trying, uh, to, to come up with something new. They've, you know, they've innovated, they've innovated, they've come this far and, um, you know, it, they need to come up with the, with the next, next big thing. And, uh, surprising enough, I have to give it to Facebook. I was, I was sitting through a, a technical seminar a while ago and there was a gentleman that was saying, and he said, Facebook chat is going to be the next big thing. You know, people aren't going to, they're not going to text message anymore. They're going to use Facebook chat. And I'm like, that's not going to happen. I'm like, you know, chat rooms have been around for forever and a day. But then, you know, he does have a point. You know, Facebook does have their their user base and everybody can talk to everybody and, and you're no longer siloed. I mean, yes, chat chat rooms were there, but then you had to you had to subscribe to their ecosystem in order to talk to someone. And since everybody's on Facebook, everybody that you you, you almost know, um, you know, it's it's become a common communication platform. I find myself using using apps like WhatsApp and and Snapchat, even just their their text chatting feature, more right. than not. And I, I've been a you know get off my lawn kind of old guy when it comes to that stuff. And text messages is the only way to go. And I find myself using that. And you're dead, you know, head on with the Facebook having the biggest, you know, everybody pretty much has a Facebook account. So that would be the logical place to to have a uh, a catch all messaging service. And then you know if they have bots on top of it, where you don't really have to go anywhere else. So. Right, exactly, and um, you know who knows? Maybe, maybe they're onto something in fifty billion dollar economy. That's 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 decent money for them. So, no, oh, did we lose Jason? Oh, we may have lost Jason. Um, but actually, let's uh, talk about timing. That's actually all we got for today. I think we're right at about a, the the thirty minute mark. Thank you very much to Purple Planet for providing the music, the theme music for our show. Uh, find them out at purple-planet.com. Thank you very much for watching, listening. If you're uh, listening to our MP3, uh, don't forget to subscribe. It should be right down, right down, right, right down there. Um, find us on our on your favorite uh, podcast app, your uh, um, podcast aggregator. Uh, if you can't find us, rss.wifioptional.com is our feed address. iTunes. We're all we're on there. Uh, if you want to listen to our audio version, also you can avail you can download the audio version off of our website. If you have questions, comments, just want to say hi, or maybe even uh, join one of our live tapings, hit us up on Twitter at Wi-Fi Optional, or we can send us uh, send us an email info at Wi-Fi Optional dot com. Um, and on behalf of, I want to see if I can get Jason. I can't see him, so um, oh, Jason is just coming up. Oh, Jason's just back. Hey, I was just going to start playing the ending music and I, I, I saw you come back. So oh, um, appreciate it. yeah, on behalf of uh, everybody here, which Jason and myself, thank you for, uh, thank you for listening. We'll see you again next week. Bye-bye. Essence juice, by the way, not wine. Yes. Wine. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Lush.